Well, Father, we thank you for yet another podcast. We thank you for every single listener that is tuning in. And we thank you, God, that it is by divine appointment that you brought them here. You have plans. You have purposes. You have good things in store for them, God. You've got surprises up your sleeve because you're a good daddy. You're a good daddy. You always give good gifts to your kids. And God, we're just receiving it all tonight. We're going to receive every drop of our inheritance. We're going to receive every ounce of all that Jesus has provided for us, Lord. We want to just reign tonight in that place of victory with you, where we are seated in heavenly places. Father, where we have access to all that you are because we live inside of you where you are ours and we are yours, God. We are one. We are fully possessed by you tonight, God. I just declare, they talk about, you know, people being possessed and oppressed. Well, we're possessed and obsessed tonight with you, God. And so I just want to just bless everybody tonight, God. Thank you that you've got something specific, something encouraging, something to share in your heart tonight, God, that is going to edify and build up and encourage your body. Thank you that you are making all things new. Thank you that you are restoring everything that the enemy has destroyed in our lives. And so we just come expecting you to to do what you do best, Father. Be an incredible dad, our biggest cheerleader, our number one fan. You see us clearly, and you're going to help us see ourselves the way you do tonight. So I just thank you in advance for all that you are going to speak and do as a result of this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hello, beloved. I'm glad to be with you again. I know uh, we've had a couple of sporadic weeks of podcasts. If you, you know, listen to them as they are released, it's been a busy January. I just got back from celebrating my 15th year wedding anniversary with my husband, Brian. We went to Florida. It was amazing. And let's see, before that, I had an Emerge graduation. And this week, actually, we're going to be welcoming 23 of our graduates to what we call um, a focus summit, which is three days that I'll be spending with my Emerge graduates uh, that are in the process of pursuing their purpose. And so I'm super excited headed into this week uh, to be spending time with those guys. And I'm super excited tonight to be spending time with you. You know, the last podcast, I introduced the things that the Father was speaking to me over 2020, and it was called, the last podcast I did was called Mastering the One Thing. And if you haven't heard that, I really encourage you to go back and listen to that and even, you know, just transcribe it. I know we've got a link on uh, my my website where you can go and actually read the word as well. And it, it refers back even to the year before 2019, uh, because this year God 
God's word about mastering, the one thing was really a continuation of some things that he was speaking in 2019. And the one thing that God is asking us to, to master this year is really an art, okay? This is not like, I don't know, sometimes you think of a, you know, certain skills is like, you know, some are more artful than others. Sometimes communication is an art <laughs> form, you know, uh, versus, I don't know, maybe, you know, precision speed skating or something, which, you know, seems to be a lot more skill and the mastering of the one thing to me is is well on the side of an art form because the one thing that God is wanting us to master is the art of abiding in union with him. It's the art of abiding. It's the art of remaining in Christ. It's the art of living out of your true identity. And if you are like I am, I don't know, what your backgrounds are. There are probably all kinds of backgrounds out there. You know, maybe you grew up in church, maybe you didn't. I mean, either way, you grew up learning that you were someone that you're not. I mean, part, parts of you are, you know, are obviously who you are, but I mean, your true identity, your true the, the best you, the real you, the authentic you, the eternal you that's going to exist long after you physically exist in this realm has to be discovered in the gospel. It, it, is, it is a discovery that you make as you hear what Jesus accomplished as you on Calvary 2,000 years ago. And, you know, if you're like me, I grew up in church, and you would have thought having a Christian background like that would have, you know, I mean, I might have had a Christian identity, but did you know you can have a Christian identity and still not be living out of your true identity? You can believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You can believe that your sins have been forgiven. I mean, this is the way it was taught to me. You can believe that you are going to heaven after you die. And you can never experience, honestly, in this lifetime, with that perspective, who you are really. And you will also, just with that perspective, never really experience the fullness of what Jesus came for you to experience. See, being a Christian is is an experience. It's not just a doctrine. It's not just a theology. It's an experiential way of life. It is meant to be a revolutionary way of life where you are experiencing the glory of God and heaven on earth And every benefit that Jesus purchased with his blood for you, you are to be experiencing that perpetually every single day. Not as a roller coaster that's based upon, you know, did you get up on the right side of the bed or not? Or, you know, did someone pull in front of you, you know, and cut you off when you were driving to work? But no, a, a, a reality that you have access to because it's inside of you 
24-7. And this revolutionary way of living is coming out of truthfully who you are. It is an expression of who you are in Christ. Your identity is meant to be the source of your life. And when we don't have it established and we aren't convinced, and I mean, when I say convinced, I mean that we really, really believe this and we really are living out of it. Well, then guess what? We will experience a life that is a counterfeit life because we're living out of a counterfeit identity. So abiding, mastering the one thing is all about remaining true to yourself. And I know that's a cliche sometimes that people say like, oh, you need to remain true to yourself. But when I'm using that phrase, what I'm meaning is it's, it's about getting rooted and grounded. Yes, in the love of God, but rooted and grounded in what that love has accomplished for you. And because you are truly, and I know we've heard it, but, but I'm saying it again because if I'm, if God is asking us to master this, it's not, it's not enough to just hear it. It's not enough to just intellectually, mentally agree with it. There has to be a revolutionary revelation that comes from inside of you. And, and that light that comes out of that revelation has got to illuminate your understanding to such a degree that your mind is completely transformed. Your mind is renewed by this truth. This is a mind renewal exercise, if it's anything, you guys. Uh, what do I mean by that? I'm saying that to master something means that you know it. Okay, you know this. And I don't mean you know it like, again, like you just mentally agree with it. This is a knowing that gets inside of you to such a degree that it's an experiential knowing. Until you experience something, let me say this, it's theory. It's theory until you experience it. Until you experience yourself as the righteousness of Christ, it's just an awesome scripture. Until you experience yourself as the holiness of Jesus himself, you know what? It's just a scripture. Until you experience yourself as the very home of God, like and it, you're, he lives inside, like not just like we're saying it, but like there, he's, you're actually his home. Like he's, he's made you his home. He lives in there. And I mean, experientially is living there. What does that mean? It means that there is experiences. <laughs> you're having experiences as Jesus living in your home. You're having experiences being holy. You're having experiences of being righteous. And it's experiences, you guys, that, that actually change us. Experiences are what cause us to know that something is real. And 
far too often we're trying to talk about Christianity rather than experience Christianity. And this experience has to get practical, okay? Not just something we do on Sundays when we're in worship and corporate settings, but I mean experiential in the fact that we can wake up and we are in an incre- we're in a great mood. Why? Because we're in God's mood. We can wake up and and have hope and expectancy and faith and joy for our day. Why? Because God is navigating the day through us and with us. We're not we're never alone. You know, I was reading just some statistics recently about just the the statistics of 40% of Americans are suffering with clinical depression. 40%. Uh, Loneliness is literally an epidemic. I mean, I live in a state, I live here in Colorado, where it has one of the highest suicide rates in the country. I mean, we are having, this is a, a hope crisis. We are having a a bad mood crisis. We're having a bad day crisis. And I want to say that at the root of that is an identity crisis where we somehow have been separated, alienated in our minds from the goodness and the sweetness and the glory of God that is tangible, that is practical, that is experiential. It's not, you know, not a religious concept that I'm talking about here, I'm talking about an entire revolutionary way of life where the fruit of the Spirit is actually being produced in our lives, where we are gentle, where we are kind, where we we are patient, where we are faithful, where we are, you know, we have self-control. We are, we are powered from the inside out. We have, we have a source of life and a source of peace and a source of joy and a source of hope and a source of glory and, and, and everything else that comes with that of, of resurrection power and healing and prosperity that we have an inside fountain of salvation that is coming forth out of us and that we, it is not a, a place we visit but it's a place we're living. And I, I believe with all of my heart, this is the gospel. I believe that it is an experiential way of life that is, is transformative, that completely radically transforms the demeanor of us, the, our, our very demeanor, our very moods, our very, I mean, the practical way that we process and experience circumstances in life and offense and everything else, circumstances that we go through. You know, when I read the Apostle Paul and I go through the epistles, I, this man has got a hold of something. He's got a hold of something that is so powerful that he can be thrown in jail. He can be stoned. I mean, he could go through the most horrific circumstances and be preaching about rejoicing and be praising God in the middle of, you know, prison. And that is, that is not of his world. That is not because Paul was a good guy. 
In fact, he would tell you he was the, the least of the apostles. He was the chief of sinners, you know? I mean, he would not tell you that, that he found that because he'd gone to therapy. Or he found that because of any other reason than a person. And the person is Jesus. And the person lived in him and lived with him and changed his life. It changed the way he saw things and changed the way he experienced people and changed the way that he talked and changed his name. I mean, it changed everything about this man. And that is how the world gets turned upside down. It doesn't, doesn't get turned upside down by religious lip service. And so what am I talking about? I'm talking about intimacy. I'm talking about encounters. I'm talking about a transform, transformative way of life where Jesus is at the very center of your being. And it's very easy to get distracted. It's very easy to just operate out of the mind of the flesh. It's very easy to wake up in your humanity and come under the carnal mind and just operate from a, a human place of reasoning and perception and evaluation of life and your circumstances. Um, but it's also very easy to come out of that. And, you know, you're saying, Shalise, what do you mean it's very easy to come out of that? Well, the gospel is the power of salvation. Okay, I'm going to read that, you guys. It's in Romans. Let me look it up. I'm, I didn't, I'm just being led by the Lord in this introduction today. And I'm going to go over to Romans here and just read this to you because this is a very powerful reality. Because I, I want to share with you that the power that you are looking to overcome yourself and your negativity and your mood swings. And I mean, I'm not saying you're, I mean me, I'm saying all of us, human, humanity, humanity's humanness is found in the gospel. Okay. So let me just read this. I'm going to, I'm going to read it in the passion translation. I'm there. I just want to find it in this translation. Okay. And it says this, hold on. I got, I just had it. Now I lost it. Here we go. In verse 16, Romans 1, 16. <laughs> okay. Well, let me read it in just the new King James because I want to say that first and then I'll go to this other one. So sorry, I'm teasing you with this. But the new King James version says this. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. For it, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So here he says, he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For the gospel of Christ is the power of God to salvation. And I want to just highlight that this salvation is not like I'm saved and so I'm going to heaven. Like, I, I'm, my sins have been forgiven. I mean, yes, it is that. It is that. But that's not what we're talking about here. The power of salvation is actually, in the Greek, that word salvation is the word sozo. 
And the power of salvation means sozo is a lot more than just being saved from hell. It means delivered. It means prospering. It means wholeness. It's the power of wholeness. It's the power of victory. It's the power of victory over everything. Why? Why is the gospel? How could the gospel be the power? How could that be? Do you know why it's the power? It's because when you hear the gospel, when you hear what Jesus accomplished on the cross, and I mean really hear the gospel, I mean the gospel of that you are righteous, you are holy, you are perfect, you are complete in him, you are healed, you are prosperous, that you were crucified with Christ, that it's not even you that's alive anymore, okay? But Christ is now living in you, right? And this life that you're now living, you're living by the faith of the Son of God. And when you start, I mean, when you hear the gospel, I mean, I'm telling you, it, it's good news. How many of you know what happens when you hear good news? You get in a good mood, Right? You just won the lottery. Woo! Well, that's the gospel, right? By his stripes, you're healed. Woo! It's the gospel. It's the gospel. And so the gospel is the announcement of your freedom. It's the, the announcement of why you should be on a good mood. <laughs> It, there is power for healing, power for prosperity, power for every breakthrough that you need. Whatever's ailing you, the gospel is the answer. It is the answer. But here's what we, we aren't, we really aren't mastering the one thing. Meaning, are we, are we really, really, really focused on the gospel? Are we focused on what is really true? Because all of our carnality, all of our mood swings, all of those things, it's because we are not thinking right. Mastering the one thing is about thinking right. It's about remembering and, 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 you know what I do? I mean, I just, I, I just, I'll, sometimes I'll just preach the gospel myself. I'll put my own podcast on. I, I'll just, why? Because I need to hear the truth. I have books that are, that are on my phone. I'll just go into just, just to remind myself of what is true, that I live an effortless union with Jesus. And I have to connect with that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Who Over again, over again. How many times? And all the time, all the time, it is impossible to be sad and experiencing union with Jesus at the same time. <laughs> he gives you a new perspective. When you dwell in that place of union with God and you recognize he's in me, he's right here with me. His hands are my hands. His holiness is my holiness. His feet are my feet. I have the mind of Christ right now. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. My spirit is joined to the Lord and I am one spirit with him. He's not just my shepherd. That's not just why I don't lack. I love the song, the 23rd Psalm, but the reason I don't lack is because I'm a joint heir with him. All that he has is mine. All that I am is his. I've been bought with a price, paid for with the preciousness. I mean, I'm, I'm talking myself happy. Talking myself happy how by just speaking the word of the truth of the gospel to myself. 
Oh, I can feel the anointing level just rise as I just begin to just say the gospel. Jesus Christ has won it all. He has, he has the, where's the victor's crown? And I'm seated in heavenly places with him. All that he has is mine. And you just begin to just speak it. And, and but you know how, how, what has to happen first is you got to know it. You've got to truly know that you are who God says you are, that you truly are the righteousness of God in Christ, that you were buried with him, that you were, that you were, well, not only crucified, you were crucified, then you were buried. Guess what? Then you raised up with him. And then you, guess what? Then you ascended with him. You are co-identified with Jesus. There is no separation. You and Jesus are one forever. He's the groom. You're the bride. He's the head. You're the body. And I know I'm saying it, but I, I, maybe I'm just saying it so you can come back and listen to this when you wake up in the morning. Because this is what I'm talking about, mastering this, mastering this truth, living out of this power that the gospel infuses you with until that dead man that no longer lives, that torments you in your mind, can't talk to you anymore. Until you, that thing has just, until that dead person has just shut up. Because that dead person believes that you are someone you're not. That dead person rises up to get you to think things that are not true about you, about other people, about circumstances. And when you are rooted and grounded in the gospel, you know who you are. Now you can walk in sonship. Now you can speak to storms. Now you can move mountains with your words. Now you can, when you, when you see a situation that is not in agreement with heaven, you get a prophetic word for that thing and you begin to pray. Your life becomes a, a solution when you live out of your true identity. You're not a victim to what's going on. You are showing up as the solution to what is going on. You are orchestrating and, and, and legislating the government of heaven because Jesus is living through you. He's speaking through you. And you're connected to that reality. And so the art is to remember this. It's to stay awake, to get off of autopilot and get off of that, the habit that you have of living out of a non-gospel reality. When I mean, how much time? And I know here's the problem: is that we think we've got it, and so we 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 move on. We think we're going on to like the more the more advanced things. But your identity is the most advanced thing that you are ever 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 going to master, because everything comes out of that identity. It defines who you are, and who you are determines how you show up in the world and who you are is not defined by anything external it is not defined by the amount of money in your bank account what the doctor says what your ex-wife or ex-husband says what your third grade teacher said what your you know estranged sister says I mean it is it is your boss it is defined by the gospel who you are is defined by the cross of Christ. Who you are is defined by the resurrection of Christ, by the ascension of Christ, by the gospel. You are defined by Jesus himself. And until you get this, you are going to struggle. 
you're going to struggle, and I'm not prophesying, it's just the reality. We're going to struggle in our relationship with ourselves. We're going to struggle in our relationships with others because the way you see yourself is the foundation for the way that you see everyone else. The kind of mercy and grace and love that you have for yourself is the kind of grace and mercy and love that you will have for others. And Jesus Christ and the gospel gets you in right relationship, not only with God, but in right relationship with yourself. So when you are abiding in that place in Christ, you have true peace. True peace. Peace does not come from everything being okay outside of you. That is not peace. That is, I don't know, good external circumstances. But peace is is a fruit of the Spirit. Peace is a person. It comes from the Prince of Peace, who has peace, who is peace, who is an atmosphere of peace, who's constantly peaceful. And when we abide in that place of his peace, we have peace with him, we have peace with ourselves, and that is the foundation of peace externally with others and and you are you become a peacemaker you become the carrier of that peace you you can now speak to storms you are not needing peace externally you become the very source of that peace in the world the same thing is true of kindness I mean, we could go through every single one of the fruit of the spirit that comes through abiding in Christ kindness God's kindness gives you permission to be kind to yourself. That kindness, when it's settled, when you get settled that Jesus is, I am the kindness of God because I'm one with him. He, I'm kind. I have, I am kind to myself. I'm kind to everyone because I've experienced kindness. But see how that internal relationship with the Lord translated into that internal relationship with yourself produces that from the inside out so that it it comes out of you. And the source of that abiding, the source of this fruit is truthfully the gospel. And so what am I saying? I'm saying that this this has got to be the major of our lives. We never outgrow the gospel. Why? Because it's hard to find it actually being preached as a finished work. It's hard to not to find it being preached without it being full of legalism and a 15 step to get blessed by God. And abiding comes out of the reality that it's finished. That's why we can rest. We can rest because it's finished. And from that place of rest, from that place of abiding, from that place of internal peace and internal kindness and internal gentleness and this relational Bliss that you have internally with yourself and the Lord and this incredible stability and security that comes from the source of stability and security from that place. Now you can actually have a life and now you can begin to, to do out of your being rather than be out of your doing. And that, that, that being and doing out of that being is where the kingdom happens. Because it's a flow. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a move of the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a 
it's an animation of, of the Lord. And this idea that we're separated from him is a torment. It really is a torment when you, when you think, you know, I can't hear God or, you know, whatever that, that is, that, that tor- you know, whatever the thoughts are that are occupying your mind that are not his thoughts. The carnal mind is death. I mean, it really is. I mean, it is a, it is a form of death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so this mastery of the one thing is the mastery of the gospel, the mastery of abiding, is truthfully mastering an inner world, an inner life that is filled with peace, that is filled with the presence of God. And so practically, how do you cultivate this? I mean, part of it is just truthfully filling your ears with the gospel so that you, you stay happy. I'll, I'll tell you, the gospel makes you happy. And, and if you're not hearing the gospel on a regular basis, you know what? There's a lot of depressing stuff that you'll be focused on. So just, just hearing the good news. And if you're not excited about the good news, then you haven't really heard it. You really have it because it's so good, you will just jump for joy. And then secondly, it's really practicing abiding. Practically. What do you mean, Chalice? I mean turning your attention to the reality of the present moment and God being inside of you and his presence being filling you up right this moment. I mean really stopping and saying, oh my goodness, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you're inside me right now. You are living your life right now. With every breath that I take, you are here. And just connecting with this moment right now. Not living out of the past, not living off of your to-do list, not living in the future, but just taking a moment to ground yourself in this moment and enjoy your union with Jesus. And release whatever is whatever's hindering that. You know, I've been, you know, whatever, I'm at the age where you, you know, I hear me announcing it to the world, but, you know, I have to have these hot flashes. I'll tell you, it's not a fun thing. But what happens is, you know, sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and it's like once I'm awake, I'm awake. And, you know, I was getting really irritated about it because, you know, I'd be thinking there, lying in bed thinking, oh, I've got to get up. Lily's got to get to school. You know, I only have, I have to be up by 530. I'm, like, I'm going to just be exhausted. You know, I'd work myself into a frenzy, stressed out because I couldn't go back to sleep. And finally, I just thought, I mean, I don't know how many nights I did that before I thought, well, what am I doing? what am I doing? And I just said, oh, well, this is an opportunity to just experience union with God. So I just laid back and just began to just imagine Jesus's hands as my hands, just meditating on the truth of scripture, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Just Jesus, you are in me. Oh, and then I just could kind of started to imagine, you know, just the Holy Spirit just helped me. And I just began to imagine kind of this, this light, all kind of this glory of God just emanating off of me and in me. And it was like I had this glory shield, you know, and pretty soon I was just, I could just start to feel the presence of God. And I'm just sinking. I'm sink. I mean, I, I don't even know, you know, just after a few minutes, I'm breathing 
very calmly and just enjoying the presence of God and just thinking about the reality of, oh my goodness, I'm just, the, the glory of God is here with me now. Oh, and I mean, I don't, I don't even know, I went into some trance-like state. I don't know if I was awake or asleep or, you know, so much for getting stressed out about waking up in the middle of the night. You know, we get stressed out about things. And our mind sometimes seems to have a mind of its own. It's like it just goes off. I don't know if everybody else's mind does this, but I mean, I'll tell you, I'm like, who, who's running this thing some days, you know? But, but this, this art of just taking, it's like a, a time out, you know, and just coming back to that place of remembering, whoa, I am full of Jesus right now. Jesus, you're living in me right now. You're actually inside of me right now. Like the resurrected king of kings is living inside of me right this second. How can this be? This is so incredible, Jesus. You're there. You're here. Holy Spirit, you're here. You're with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And you just take that breath and that moment of, of connection that connection, and that is abiding. It, it, it's just an awareness. It's, it's, it's knowing what is true and abiding in what is true. So let's go over to John 15, because obviously this is where the whole vine and branch kind of little mini sermonette Jesus gave here. And he said this in the, um, I'll read it in the New King James, and then we'll, we'll read it in another translation. But it says, I am the true vine. And I want to stop there because what it means is I am the source of life. I am the source of your life. Like I want you just to, let's pause here for a moment. I mean, that is really what this is saying. I am the source of your life. And he says, my father is the vine dresser. I love that. He says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So let me just go over here to a different translation because there's some things that it brings out that I want to just talk about. Okay, let me go to the Passion. It says, I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He says, he cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words that I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Verse 5, I am the sprouting vine, and you're my branches. As you live in union with me, as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. 
Such branches are gathered up and thrown in the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, if my words live powerfully within you, listen to this. Listen to this promise, you guys. It says, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. Verse 9, it says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. Now listen to this. Verse 11 says, my purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So this is about staying connected to the source of of true life, of true joy, of what is powerful. And I will say this, separation feels like anxiety. Separation feels like worry, fear. It feels like impatience. It feels like anger. Uh, It feels like hell. I do believe that there is a place that believers can live that is not of this world. I believe that when Jesus said we are in this world but not of this world, it means that our source is not in this world. Our source is not from the seen realm. Our source is not from our carnal mind. Our source is from a person named Jesus who is a real person who is a who is is God <laughs> and his life is in us and until we master this very simple thing i mean it is so simple that we skip it it's so simple we move on to things that i think just seem productive they seem fruitful when we have yet to master the very simple elementary fundamental thing that is the source of our life the very source we have yet to master staying connected to the source this is what it means to walk in the spirit this is what it means to live in the spirit. It says, you know, those that are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Well, we, we, how are we led? We're led because we're in abiding. It, it's not a, it's not a, you know, you go into your prayer closet and then you get the instructions and then you go do the instructions and then you come back to the prayer closet and then you get some new instructions. Then you go do the, do the, do the instructions. 
I mean, I guess that's better than not giving the instructions, but my point is, is that that's not it. It's not a place you visit. It's a place you live. It's a place you abide. And it's just like a branch on a vine. That visual that Jesus gave in John 15 is a very powerful visual in the sense that the goal here is fruitfulness. And the fruit is not what we produce. The fruit is produced through our, our oneness with him. He produces that fruit through us as we abide. Our part, he said this, remain in me. Remain in life union with me. He says, because I remain in life union with you. Guess what? Jesus is not ever not abiding with you. He's mastered this. He's mastered the one thing, abiding with you. (laughs) So it's just now, it's just us abiding that. And I mean, really, you know, I have students in Emerge that sometimes they just struggle with this concept so much. I mean, I literally have them set timers on their phones. And I'm like, okay, so every 15 minutes for as long as it takes, that alarm's going to go off and you're going to remember I'm in union with God right now. And if that's what it takes for you to remember, to remember, to remember, I mean, there is a place of practicing this. You know, um, the mystics of old, you know, talk about contemplative prayer where they just made contemplative prayer a lifestyle. What is contemplative prayer? It means it's spending time in God's presence so that you experience the level of ecstasy that comes from the presence of God. The presence of, in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. In the presence of God, there are pleasures at his right hand forevermore. So there is a place in prayer where you are lost in his presence. There's a place of abiding, a place of practicing union with God that isn't about getting your petitions answered or, or declaring scripture or getting a vision or any of that. It's just truly about abiding. And it's, it's literally enjoying the presence of God that is life-giving. It is, it is truthfully a life-giving experience. I mean, people, I mean, there are so many miraculous things that happen when we make this a lifestyle. I mean, you know, there's stories. I mean, John Crowder's book, The New Mystics, is full of stories, or even The Ecstasy of Loving God. They're full of stories of, I mean, people levitating off the ground while they're just experiencing the presence of God. Uh, healings happening. Just incredible things happened because why? Because you are just completely saturated and and the source that's coming out of your life is Christ himself. And this is about coming to God for the purpose of just life. I'm just, you're my life. I'm coming because I I need you to live. (laughs) I need you to breathe. I need you to, I need you to think. And it's a surrender, you guys. It's truly, I mean, that, that, you know, when I lay there and I'm doing that, it's, it's like, I give you my mind. I give you my head. I give you my eyes. I give you my hands. I give you my body. I mean, I've done it. I've already given them to him before, but I'm just doing it again. I'm just surrendering again. I'm yours. I'm yours. My life is yours. Everything I have is yours. It's so different than coming with this, some kind of agenda or asking God a thousand times what's wrong with you or whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. This is not, that's not abiding. That's not what I'm talking. I'm not talking about a prayer life that is exhausting and, and, and yes, it makes you feel better for a minute, but it's, you're not, you're not living out of that reality of the gospel. And I'm telling you, this is where success in life comes from because we are going to have trials. We are going to have tribulations. People are nuts. We're nuts. I mean, just things happen. I mean, there are so many things not in our control, but that fruit of self-control, 
makes life beautiful because your power is not coming from outside. Your mood is not being generated from the outside. It's coming from the the good mood of God. It's coming from the bliss and the joy of God. And I'm going to read it one more time. It's because Jesus is so powerful. He said, I'm sharing these things with you. Verse 11, my purpose, listen to Jesus, my purpose for telling you these things is so the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Jesus has a joy for us that is not of this world. He has fruit (laughs) that is good tasting fruit that he wants to, to have coming out of our lives and coming out of our hearts. And I'll tell you, whew, I just want to say this for some of us. Getting ourself off of our mind is going to be the biggest breakthrough of our lives. Because it is not even your real self, by the way. So it's, it's just a, a delusional practice. It, it truly is a, an exercise in delusion. But secondly, that's the joy. You are not the source of your joy. So when you're thinking of yourself, you are not connected to the source of your life. And that's why that thing withers up. That's why that branch withers up and, and it dies. And like, you know, it goes in the fire. It feels like hell. You're in the fire. Why? Because you're not connected. Your mind is not connected. And I realize this is a, it is an art. It is a discipline. It is a, a new way of approaching life. But this is Christianity. This actually is Christianity. I know we think it's Bible studies and small groups and conferences and all of those things. And I'm, again, I'm not against all of those things as long as you're abiding while you're doing them. and Jesus told you to do it, you know? But if you're finding your life in those things, I mean, Jesus told the Pharisees, you search the scriptures thinking that you'll find life, but you refuse to come to me. Life is not found in Christian activities. Life is found in Jesus Christ. And we have 20 four, seven access. We cannot, there's nowhere we can go where he is not because you are his home. You're, you are filled with the glory of the resurrected king. And I'm saying you connect to that until it messes you up like you've never been messed up. <laughs> I mean, till you just are not the same. Uh, Well, Father, I thank you that you are determined for us to master this this year. You are determined for us to be joyful and experience your gladness. Your purpose in telling us this is a year to master the one thing is because you have a purpose in your heart to get us in a good mood. You have a purpose in your heart for us to enjoy life. You have a purpose in your heart for us to live independent of external trials and tribulations. You have a purpose in your heart for us to have a joy that cannot be stolen by anything in the universe. Lord, you said you endured the cross 
for the joy. Somehow that, that you found joy even in the worst of things. And so, God, I, I just thank you that this isn't us working up joy. This isn't us trying to fake it till we make it. This isn't us just, you know, white-knuckling it, trying to act like we're patient. But, God, this is a connection with the person who is patience. This is a connection with the person that is eternal joy. This is your joy, your patience, your goodness. All of those things that you are, God, we get to experience them. We get to be transformed by them, and we actually get to let them flow through us to others. So, Lord, just do what only you can do by the grace of God. Make this word a reality in our lives. Make abiding practical and experiential. And the year that we got it. Make this the year that we get it. Make this the year that we get it. The year that, that we become like those people, Lord, that, that I've read about so many times where it just becomes a way, like it's just a way of life. Like we're just standing in, you know, the Burger King line, just abiding and having a good old time waiting, you know, in a long line. <laughs> just abiding and just seeing the beauty of the world through your eyes seeing the beauty of people through your eyes, seeing the beauty in every situation, in every circumstance, God. Completely, radically shift our perspective. We ask this of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Woohoo! <laughs> well, guys, I just... Uh, as always, I just want to encourage you, if these podcasts are blessing you, head on over to Shalise.com and partner with us. Uh, you are a big part of making these podcasts possible. And I also want to encourage you that if this is the year that you're ready to make discovering what it's like to live in union with God all the time, experiential Christianity, and out of that experience, discover your, your why, your, your why you're on the planet to, to hear God clearly about your life purpose so that you can start living it. Then, you know what? Send us an email over to Shalice, info at Shalice.com and we'll get you connected with our emerge enrollment team. Uh, we would love to have you in the school and love to be a part of your journey with God. Other than that, you guys, we will see you soon in Facebook world. Uh, download a free copy of my book if you haven't at www.thepathfreebook.com. Join my group over on Facebook. It's called The Path to Purpose with Shalise. And uh, we will connect in those ways as well. All right. Take care. God bless. Bye.